Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. And uh, we're going to be connecting with all our campuses. So good to be connecting this morning here from Auckland into Adelaide for the first time. And on a Sunday morning... We, we love you guys. We're looking forward to the bubble reconnecting us all. And we believe the future's great, of course, in Melbourne. We're in Melbourne. We're in Adelaide. We're at West. We're up north. We're south. We're in the chapel. Wow, that was a great response from the chapel this morning. And uh, everybody here in Central, seriously, I'm believing that in our times together, we never get used to just doing church. But we're leaning into God so much that God has to respond. That God literally, in a moment, there's the, in Central here, and I believe if you're online, wherever you are, there's moments where miracles happen that are beyond our ability even to feel them taking place. And we're going to go to God's Word, and the power of God's Word is literally the power and the authority to transform us. So I know we've been standing in worship, but I feel like we need to stand one more time. We're going to stand right across wherever you are in life, online, and we're going to pray and just ask that God would speak to me. Do you believe that the preacher can be spoken to by the Holy Spirit while he or she is preaching? God will respond if you ask him to speak to you. Father, we stand here today. Some of us find ourselves in a season that is incredibly tough. And darker than we could ever imagine, others feel like we're on the top of the mountain and we've got the wind of your Spirit behind us. But all of us today are asking you, Holy Spirit, would you bring the Father's heart? Would you speak to our own lives? Would you bring hope today? Help me as the communicator to encourage and to bring truth that liberates. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you for dying and rising again so that we can be free. Pray for those we're standing next to that you would bless them abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, give someone a high five on the way down. Thank you, teams, for your worship leading. If you were here through the month of March, uh, we touched on a series that I believe passionately is and has the ability, if you implement the truth of God's Word to transform you. And we saw that significant lives require constant realignment. Whenever you don't think that you need realignment, you need it more than you realize. So in every relational setting, you've got to keep realigning because we go through disappointments and disappointments can cause us to drift and also we can give way to distractions where things are speaking to us or happening around us and we're drifting. I love boating and what I've realized, I've never owned a large, large boat, but people that have a large boat, if I've been on it, when they pull into the dock, they've got to tie the boat up from every direction so that those guide ropes or those dock ropes will keep them when the wind comes from an unexpected direction. And for us, it's the same thing. All of us face at times in our natural lives a wind that comes from an unexpected direction. And if we are not secured, 
then we are going to begin to drift and we will have damage done. And so in March, we talked about these four incredible truths in God's Word that gives us an insight to God's plan for our lives to build a significant life and how it works. So we talked about being kingdom purposed. If you just live for you and the natural world, you are gonna live a life that ultimately is very unfulfilled. But when you live for a kingdom purpose, then you begin to realize there is an echo of your life that's gonna go generationally and into eternity. Somebody get excited about that. It's kind of like, well, nobody spoke to me. Well, if you speak to someone else and encourage them, there's an echo of that conversation into their day, into their week, into their month. Kingdom purpose, Holy Spirit powered. If you, if you just lean on your own strength or your own abilities, then you're missing the greatest gift that we receive at salvation, which is the Spirit of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And He wants to lead us. He wants to give us ideas. He wants to foretell things before we even get there. Got to live personally planted. The house of God is not just a service we turn up to. We become part of a church community and we put our roots down deep. And then we live partnered. And I really want us to think about this thought that this is God's plan and God's plan works. And we need to live that out because it's so easy for us to live. Or even if you're into motor vehicles, if you've got a car, even to drive outside of the limits. You can so easily, how many know, be in a car on a motorway and you're not even thinking about what speed you're doing and you're breaking the limits. Nobody wants to confess that. Thank you that there's some faithful people in Adelaide this morning that are being honest. I remember there was a vision Sunday and uh, we had left home up in Manly and we were driving into town and we just got to Albany and I said to Marie, I've forgotten something that I needed for vision Sunday. So we took the off ramp, turned around. Maybe we were aware, I was aware that we were going slightly faster than we should be. We came around the corner and then the lights came on. This is confession time. I need to get my heart clean. He pulled me over and he said, do you know what you're doing? I said, yes, sir. We were going fast. I said, I left something behind. Uh, I wasn't wanting intentionally to break the speed limit, but I felt like I needed to go fast to get it. He says, well, you know that thing in your car, you can put that on cruise control if you have a problem with breaking the limits. <laughs> my thought this morning is, you know that God says, hey, if you live purposed, powered, planted, and partnered, you are going to find a significant life begin to emerge and the power of the enemy destroyed. And seriously, I began to think about this as I was reading again about Elijah and reading the story how that Elijah, under King Ahab's reign, he was the king of Israel. He literally took Israel and another nation and they joined together and the leader of that nation was Jezebel and she became the queen. And a drift began to happen because Jezebel did not believe in the God of Ahab. And over time, believe it or not, the king of God's nation began to worship the gods of the queen. And so what began to take place is that there was this response of God to how his people had drifted. 
And God speaks to the prophet that's in sync with God, which is Elijah. And he says, Elijah, you need to go to the king and prophesy that there would be three years of drought and that drought would produce famine. That famine would become the catalyst of people beginning to cry out to God again. And so in that point, when you read the story through, you'll find that the Queen Jezebel, who was not godly, was killing all of the prophets of Israel. And so to be a prophet was a scary thing, but God says, you go to uh, Ahab, Elijah, and you prophesy that this drought is coming, there will be no rain. You know, as you read through the account, Elijah in the middle of that feels God stir him up to prove to the nation that the God they've left is the God they should be serving. And so he challenges the prophets of Jezebel to a showdown. And so he calls the 450 prophets to the mountain where both would demonstrate how strong their God was. Long story short, the prophets of Baal couldn't bring the fire of God down, but Elijah brought the fire of God down. And as a result of the demonstration of what Elijah brought, Ahab turns back and embraces the God of Elijah. You can imagine this was a great victory and it's a time where God is moving powerfully. And after that, Elijah finds himself on the top of Mount Carmel and he has his head between his knees and he's praying. And God begins to speak to him and he hears in his heart that there is a sound of an abundance of rain. So he's surrounded by drought, but God's saying, no rain is coming. No rain is coming. No rain is coming. Some of you are in church today and whatever campus you're in, if you're online, you know, you're here today because God's saying, you are surrounded with all the negatives of what the enemy is planning for your life. But if you would take the pathway that God has for you, then God, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're gonna go through, that God is able to meet you there. And so there's a sound of an abundance of rain. So Elijah goes, he calls the servant, servant, come quickly, go and see if there's a cloud. The servant runs to see if there is a cloud because the pastor had said it on Sunday, but they went home to the same situation. There was no cloud. So the servant comes back, there is no cloud. And Elijah goes, go again and look again. He goes again seven times. There is no shift. He comes back. In fact, sixth time he comes back and Elijah says, go again. On the seventh time he comes back, oh, there's a cloud. It's only the size of a man's hand. It's only the size of something small. You know, Elijah is filled, you would say, as a man of faith, he had weathered the storms of others compromising. He'd seen the power to call a drought and to release a drought. In fact, he says to Ahab, you've got to get to Jezreel. And he outruns the chariot. It's kind of like he's a guy that's on the cusp of everything right. But then you pick up the story, 1 Kings 19 and verse 1, Ahab tells Jezebel all the things that Elijah had done. How he had not just brought down fire from heaven, but he had executed the prophets with the sword, the false prophets. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, 
So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. In other words, you've got 24 hours to live. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and he went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey in, uh, and sat down into the wilderness, sat down and came under the broom tree or the juniper tree. And this is what Elijah did. After all of those victories, he prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Ever felt like you've just conquered some great things with God and then you find yourself where you go, this is just too much? It's enough. Now, Lord, just take my life for I'm no better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, arise and eat. And he looked and there was, by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water and he ate, drank, lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, would you arise and eat? Listen to this. Because the journey is too great for you. I mean, what a positive, positive start to the story about what Elijah did. And then overnight, it's like, I'm succumbing to this thought that this is too hard for me. So he arose, he ate and drank, and he went on the strength of that food 40 days, 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And then there he went into a cave, spent the night in that place, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what the flip are you doing here? Why are you living in a cave? Why have you allowed some of the things that are happening around you you see, when you read and understand the story, Elijah had a servant that came with him, but he left the servant at Bathsheba and he goes on his own about a day's journey. Every one of us are gonna go through seasons where it's a too much season. It's like, well, where are you, God, right now? And yet I know you've done things in my past and yet an angel came, gave him food and drink. But the second time the angel comes, he says, and I wanna underscore this, that all of us are gonna be times in our life where the journey is too much for us. And you go, well, where are you going with this, Paul? Because I wanna talk today, again, rounding back to this thought of being partnered, that you were designed, I were designed to live a kingdom purpose, to live Holy Spirit powered, to personally be planted, but also to live intentionally partnered because you can't bring the breakthrough when you fall into the trap of what the enemy wants, which is to isolate you. And we are all called to live under the cover of a community. You can be in a marriage, but not be intentionally partnered. You can be part of a large family, but not understand what it is to be partnered Years ago, I read this, and I've used this before, but Marie and I will celebrate 39 years of marriage this year. And she just hit it lucky. She hit the jackpot. <laughs> but the Bible says in Genesis, a man shall leave his father and mother, and a woman shall leave her father and mother, and the two will become one flesh. And I've discovered 39 years in that you become one flesh. You become partnered but there is an intentionality that is needed for that to take place. 
I remember 30 years ago when we came to New Zealand, started life, one of the big echoes in the church is we don't need outside ministry to come into New Zealand. We've got what we need. And it's like, no, you haven't. You may have some great things. We need everything that God has. We need to be part and maybe right here, right now, you're listening to me and I'm trying to encourage you that significant living requires a support crew. People in their lives that are gonna be there in the tough times. I talked about personally being planted. If you don't get into a forest and put your roots down, the enemy doesn't want you to stay in the same church family for too long because your roots will touch other roots and you'll get strength from it when the wind blows and you'll get nutrients when you can't feed yourself. And when you feel like leaving, God's saying, no, that's my plan. Do you think you can do it better than me? I want you to live a significant life, but you're gonna have to put your roots down and realize that alone you can not make it. So I want to talk about what is required to live intentionally partnered. I think the first thing is this, there is a need of a choice to engage. I practice engaging. You say, well, it's your personality. Maybe it is some of that, but I, I don't like engaging with people I don't know. You put me in a party or you put me in a room full of people I don't know, I find it hard to just naturally mix. So I've got to make a choice to engage. You, you maybe need to, again, in one of our campuses, north, south, all over in the Tasman, make a choice to engage today. Come on, make a choice to go, well, I don't feel like engaging. It's not a feeling thing. It's kind of like you can't have arm's length connection. The enemy's plan is to isolate you. Our plan is to intentionally make a choice to engage. So with the churches, they're a bit standoffish when we started 30 years ago. I think it was year two or three, we made a decision that we'd get the names of every pastor in the city and their spouse if they had one. And we would send an envelope to them, a Christmas envelope, and we put $20 cash in it. And we said, this is for you, not to pay your bills, not to pay off maybe a commitment you've made to the church. This is for you if you're married to sit aside the other side of a table and say, you know what? Life is tough leading people, but we get to do this. That broke down so many walls because do you know as church leaders, as business owners, as a husband, as a wife, as a teenager, you were never designed to do this stuff. It's too hard for you. It's too hard for me. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all, all of wise counsel and judgment. You see, Elijah had done it all, gifts, anointing. He's the only prophet to have lasted. But over a period of time, when he began to isolate because of the pressure, he became depleted. And I don't care what anyone says, you can't make it on your own. It's impossible for you to stand long enough on your, pro, on your own. And he even began to say, I'm the only prophet left. So not only did he wipe out 450 prophets of Baal, he also wiped out another 400 prophets. 850 to one. Come on, when you feel like the odds are too big for you, I'm telling you, they are. You thought I'd say they're not. They are too big for you. 
But when you become intentionally partnered and you say, well, how do I do that? You make a choice to engage. So you get planted in the house, but then you join a group. And in that group, you begin to discover as you make a choice to engage and make an exchange that you will begin to open a platform to find a partner that can walk with you and through the tough times. Even Jesus, he goes into the garden before he's crucified and he says, you three come with me. James, John, and Peter. So he had 12, but he had three. And the three weren't as good as they should have been because they couldn't even pray for an hour. But he knew, this is too great for me. Elijah, this is too great for me. Paul, this is too great for me. See, being real, being present, is we don't have the foyer with coffee, so you just like coffee and OD on coffee to drown out the week. Gives you an opportunity to make a choice to engage. Maybe another week I can engage with the same person, meet some new people, a choice to engage. I think intentionally partnered requires a commitment to give and receive. That's what partnership is all about. Well, nobody said hi to me. No, give and receive. If you become friendly, you'll have many friends, the Bible says. So we need to find people that we can give and receive from. A two-way exchange. Enemy wants our pride and our insecurity and our self-life to be the director of the decisions we make. And we read verses like this at weddings, but it's not a wedding verse, it's a life verse. Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. Two are better than one. If one were to fall, one would lift up his companion and woe is the one who is alone when they fall. For they have no one to help them to get up. So you need more than Sunday talk. More than a podcast, you need somebody who can lift you. And somebody that needs you to have the commitment to lift them. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And we often talk about the threefold cord as being you, your, your spouse, you're about to be married in a marriage service and then God. And of course, God is in everything, but I would just even take it naturally if you could find another two that you could lift and be lifted by. By the way, let me just say, a lot of us, the more we do life, the less we're prepared to be lifted by someone else. Because we think that's weakness or we think there's something wrong with that and God's saying, no, 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 no. This is my design. Would you realize this is how it begins to happen? Elijah couldn't make it on his own. He had given up. He said, finish my life here and now, God. But the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said to him, arise and eat. If he didn't have the food of somebody to lift him in that moment, because the angel understood the journey was too great for him. But then he arose and he ate and he drank and he went on the strength of that lift for 40 days and 40 nights. But the, the, the job wasn't over because he still found himself retreating to a cave. And God is saying to all of us, come on, it's time for us not just to have nice Sunday messages or just a great worship set, but to realize we need to be purposed. We need to be powered. We need to be planted and we need to be partnered. 
There's a choice to engage. I, I can't make you do that. If you just stand back, been through some stuff, so I'm not going to open my life. You'll never discover this key principle of a significant Christian life, whereas you will have times where you can't breathe. But somebody's going to put their mouth on your mouth and give you oxygen. Going to lift you up. And then as you have strength, they're going to have a weak moment. You're going to lift them up. Intentionally partnered requires, thirdly, a consistency in the rough. Saying, what do you mean by that? Well, what came to my mind when I was preparing is I and Marie have had many unexpected tough seasons where what was once clear on the fairway, talking about golf, a little white ball, now was hidden in the rough. And it takes a long time to discover where the ball lays. And then when it's there, it's like, oh my gosh, there's trees all in front of me. I don't know if you're anything like me when it comes to golf, but you go, you know what? I'm already behind. If it's in the rough, I'm going to smash the living daylights out of the thing. And I'm going to pray that God will put it on a projectile. that will go through all of those trees, not touch one of those leaves. And it's just going to land on the fairway in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Whereas anyone that's playing golf for a while, they've realized the toughest shot is where you need the ability to stay consistent. You better lose a shot and chip it out onto the green that's just next door because you'll end up paying a greater price by losing your consistency in the rough. Who would have thought one prophet that lasted out of all of Israel's prophets, one prophet, found himself in a time where he would rather run and change or give up his life because of what was happening around him. All of us, hear my heart, are going to have times in our human walk where we become emotionally stranded. Every marriage is going to have a time where you don't know how to fix it. You don't know what to do. Oh, we're doing great. You don't know how to do. Marie and I had that. In Sydney, we just saw things so differently. And so we just couldn't agree on what we felt was a balance and the way it would work. So we went to Robert and Amanda Ferguson, who had a great marriage, and said, would you be our marriage mentors? Would you be our marriage partners? And we're giving each other permission to go to you without even talking to the other one. If you would take that, and we agreed to that. You know what? That became the key to get us through the rough. You can have older calls, but you need partners. We need people that are there with us in that. Every challenge seeks to disconnect and isolate because the enemy doesn't want you to hear this. Definitely won't want you to make a decision that I'm going to begin to look for a partner or two. Somebody that's there. A friend of mine who's also a speaker uh, had a game of golf that I heard about via someone else that was playing golf. I don't play much golf, but had the worst round ever. And so as they got up to the last few holes, I think it might have been 17, 16 or 17, there was a pond. So, so frustrated that they got to the tee off and just picked up his clubs and walked over to the pond <laughs> and just threw the clubs into the pond. Sounds like something that could happen in Adelaide, actually. I'm not sure, but just joking into the pond. 
and all of the others that uh, just get, oh my gosh, they have really lost it. Anyway, they walk back and after a couple of minutes, they saw them turn around and go back to the pond and thought, oh, they've repented. <laughs> Going to do it. Got into knee height into the pond. There was mud everywhere. Unzipped the pocket of the bag, got the keys for the car out. <laughs> Are you feeling like Elijah felt I alone am left. Well, you were never meant to be alone. Yeah, you can climb Mount Carmel and prophesy drought, no rain for three, three and a half years. You can take down all of the prophets of Baal. You could build the greatest evidence of a church. You could do all kinds of things. But you know what? If you end up isolated, you're gonna end up falling asleep going to lose the edge that you need. There needs a choice to engage, a commitment to give and receive. A connection, number four, a consistency in the rough and a connection that's honest. I'm going to ask the team to join me, but I think God is saying everywhere, guys, in a world that is masked, God is looking for transparency and honesty. Because when you get honest with you and when you get honest with others, when I get honest with me and get honest with others, then I realise I've got the strength to begin to lift me to a new place. See, to find these kind of partners is not going to be easy. In fact, it's going to take some of us possibly years and you go, but practically, how do I do it? That's what I'm trying to share is a choice to engage, a commitment to give and receive, a consistency and a rough. But you've got to be intentional about sharing your heart. See, there is a need feed equation. When I'm in need, I need to be fed. When somebody else is in need, they need to be fed. Elijah's problem was not Jezebel. Your problem is not what's happening in the economy. Because you can be Holy Spirit led through a crisis, a pandemic. Your big problem is not what you often or I often think it is. It's not the enemy having a go. It's the fact that we're not living like God wants us to live. That we will live purpose, kingdom purpose that is. That we will live Holy Spirit power. That we will live personally planted. And we will live intentionally partnered. Who's your partners? Who's your go-to? No, 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 not the people you, you catch a lift with and you have a cup of tea with. That's cool. And you might even do some hobbies with. They could become partners, but because you spend time with them does not mean they're your partners. A partner is somebody where there is a connection that's honest. As I said, Jesus had 12 and then he had thousands. But there's a guy called John that there was an exchange that was deeper than the others. Moses had an Aaron in her. So Elijah went, 1 Kings 19.9, into a cave. And today my prayer is if you feel like you're caved. Well, Elijah's been there. He spent a night in that. But the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here? You don't have to live here. You don't have to keep hiding. 
Man, I remember as a teenager when somebody told me, if you don't speed, you don't have to look for cops. And I thought, what a word. <laughs> Some of you, the only thing you're going to get out of this message is Pastor Paul speeds too often. What a word I thought. Wow, I wouldn't have to be looking around every street corner, keep checking the rear vision mirror if I just lived in the speed limit. Do you have an inner circle where transparency and honesty exist? Are your relations deep enough that you'll listen and receive? What do they say? They say today, I think Ellen was saying something like this, 70% of men, not just men, many women, are caught up in an addiction of pornography. If you're caught up in that addiction, it will disempower you. It won't take your faith, but it will disempower you so that you will end up in a cave. So what do you do about that? The first thing you do is find a ministry, which we have, that's gonna help you find a pathway through it. What's the key to that ministry? Honesty and transparency. What is it that you can't find a breakthrough? You need a partner need that inner circle. And when we find that, God begins to strengthen us so that we can live a significant Christian life. Online today, I want to encourage everybody. Obviously, sometimes we're beyond the reach of being able to get into a church, but get planted somewhere. Stay planted, stay powered, stay purpose for the things that really matter. But today, be intentional about getting partnered. It may take you a year just to find one. If you're a fortunate person and you really go on with a passion to discover them, you might end up finding two or three. You're not going to have dozens. But they're the people that say, come on, let's go deep enough to be fully transparent, fully honest, be prepared to be lifted by you and to lift you. And when that happens, miracles begin to take place. Are you with me? And you're here and we have thousands and thousands of people now online and in campuses, even watching the services through YouTube, through the week. And I suppose our mandate and our heart has always been to bring people into alignment with discovering who Jesus is and then how to build a life. And I use that word incrementally. That's going to be sustainable. You know, James writes in... James chapter 5 and verse 16, that we are to confess our, transparent, our trans, trans, trespasses, our sins, our failures to one another. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to go telling the world the things that are really hidden in me. But to one another, pray for one another. All of this is about partnership that you may be healed. The word confess literally means to acknowledge openly. Just acknowledge it. Once you acknowledge it, once it's out in the open, there's that freedom that begins to come. And it ends up by saying, so that you may be healed. Healed is to be made whole. I don't know about you, but I wanna stay whole. I wanna be made whole. I want God to take every part of my life and shift it around. Make it something that has His grace and His purpose. It begins with getting honest with God. 
And today I wanna pray for every person in each campus online, however you're hearing this message. I wanna pray for you the most powerful prayer, which is a prayer that says, God, I failed you. God, I'm isolated. God, I've sinned. God, I've never connected with you. I might have had religion, I might have had nothing. But God, I'm coming to you and I'm asking you that you would deal with my darkness, that your light would penetrate my soul. I'm, I'm coming back home. I've been away, I've allowed compromise to stand between me and you. And you know what the word says, James says, if you confess, then you'll be made whole. You'll be made whole. You'll come right. I want every head bowed just for a moment. And we only do this to give people the space to give every one of us as individuals a time where we're not distracted. And I'm gonna ask you to do something bold. We usually don't do it this way, but I felt this morning to do it. Is if you're here today in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand. If you go, you know what? I've never given my life to Jesus. Jesus wants to partner with you so that when you do find yourself out on your own, He can come and bring that food and that drink, give you the strength to get up a bit and then find true partners that'll walk every day with you. Or you're someone that has made a decision for Jesus, but you know you're not living for Him and you're saying, you know, I still believe it, but I feel like I failed God. Well, God is waiting for you to give Him access. And in a moment when you lift your hand, you're saying, God, I'm coming home. I'm sorry for becoming distracted, disconnected. And today I'm choosing to get right with you. We're gonna pray this as a church family out loud. So if that's you right now, every campus online, in fact, online, you can just push the little button that says yes. You say, yeah, that's me, Paul. Would you include me in that prayer? Lift your hand up nice and high so that I can see it. Hands are going up. God bless you. 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 Lift it up high just for a moment so that I see you. I don't want to miss anyone. God bless you over there. God bless you. God bless you down on the bottom. God bless you in the front here. God bless you over there. And you might go, why do I have to lift my hand? Because it's a thing for you to gain confidence that I'm stepping out of my yesterday into my God tomorrow. And we're gonna pray this out loud. If you lifted your hand wherever you are in every auditorium, pray it out loud. Say, God, today, thank You that You love me, that You understand me. And today I give my life to You. I'm sorry for my past. I'm sorry that I have sinned, but I receive Your forgiveness. Today I am a brand new, born again Christian. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 